I was born for his service He filled me with purpose Take your time while you worship him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe without seeing I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daily, and alongside with me, I have my co-host. I'm Dr. Johnson. <laughs> there he is, y'all. <laughs> how you doing, man? Good, how about you? I'm good, I'm good. So, so, the right posture. The right posture. But before we get into this, let's give a shout out to our uh, viewers on YouTube, our subscribers on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, all of them. Wherever, wherever you're listening, we want to give you a shout out. I want to give a shout out to my followers on Instagram. Um, and the people connected with me on on Facebook. Um, I'd like more people to connect with me on Facebook, so... Smash the like button. Smash the like button, subscribe, you know. (laughs) And, 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 and most importantly, stick around to the end. You know, I've I've noticed that some people don't listen to the end, and that's like, you know, I get it, it's a long podcast, Mm -hmm. but please try and stick around to the end break it up into chunks if you need to because right at the end we always like to give you the most important thing how do you apply this to your life so please stick around to the end and, and catch that yeah so, so what's been happening with you terrence uh transition <laughs> that's the best way to put it <laughs> Uh, it, it, so it's, it's very uh, beneficial at times, uh, and other times it's more like a roller coaster. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but it's all about how you frame it and your perspective of why you need the transition and what yeah. it do in you uh, and not to you. Right. And I think that's the, the main distinction. So it, it's not that it's supposed to be easy. But if you understand what is what is growing in you, what is stretching you or preparing you for, then you can frame it better to where you won't have to be um, bitter or frustrated while you in transition. Right, right. Now that makes sense. So yeah, I get that. I get that. So for me, this week has been it's it's similar. It's similar for real because. You know, with the, with the whole trying to build the podcast thing, yeah. um, you ha- I have the moments, I have the up and down moments where um, I feel, oh my gosh, this isn't, this audience isn't growing fast enough. You know, how am I going to make this a full time thing? And then that drops off, and I'm like, you know what, this this it it will happen. And I've been looking at different people. I've been seeing some people being in this game for four years and they're only just getting the recognition. Um, There are people that were in it for shorter and got the recognition a lot sooner. And everybody's process is different. Everybody's journey is different. What I've been doing is I've been reaching out to a lot of creatives, a lot of marketing people, trying to get advice on, you know, how to grow. how to make better connections with my audience and um, how to attract people to the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, I keep it real. Listen, I'm not trying to make it out to you guys like this is some, uh, 
you know, 4,000, 5,000 um, people listening to this podcast. No, I ain't trying to make, that's, that's not the situation. The situation right now is that, you know, we've got, yes, we've got a, study, a steady listenership, but um, the numbers, we, we're, we're not even breaking the hundreds yet. So I'm not mad at that. Um, but I wanted to keep it real. I wanted to make sure. So for me, it's important that we grow. I, it's important that this podcast grow because, like I said, this is just the foundation for all the different things that I want to do. Um, I've got other other things I want to bring from a media perspective. I've got documentaries. I've got all these different things in, my, in creative ideas that I want to bring to the table. Um, but I need to start somewhere and I need to, and I need to learn how to grow in this creative industry because I've been out of the creative world for a while. I've been in the corporate world and the corporate world is a very different thing. So, so that's what I've been doing. I, Oh, I also recorded a special, special episode. Um, yeah. I, I saw, I didn't get a chance to watch it, uh, listen to it yet, but I, I saw it pop up. Yeah, yeah. So I recorded a special episode. That was really good. That was really exciting. Um, something very close to my heart because, you know, obviously uh, being Nigerian and seeing everything that's going on right now, um, it goes back to that episode, second episode that we did about Black Lives Matter. It's an extension of that podcast. Um, so we're going to be doing more in that series as well. Uh, I've got future interviews lined up with my cousin again to do um, you know, to, to dig back into that. So that was a really, really good one. But that's kind of the birth of all the different spin-offs that are going to come off the daily perspective. Um, I've been teasing Terence with one uh, called uh, uh, "So What yeah. You Say." So what you saying is? Uh, <laughs> so so uh, that that that's another podcast that's going to come off the back of this. So what you saying is is going to be the daily perspective. Uh, so what you saying is um, so that, that that one I'm excited about that one I, I, I started to make a few I had an interesting day I listened to a podcast um, called Horrible Decisions or Horrible Decisions and it was um, yeah it was, it was super interesting for me I, I like to listen to all kinds of podcasts uh, these two ladies from New York they uh, they are hilarious um, and they talk about uh, sexual relationships and intimacy and all the, those things. Yeah. And in this episode, they brought on a lady that was, um, they were talking about freaky things that happened in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they would go, you know, it's, it's not your typical, they have to throw out the trigger warning, like, look. If yeah, the disclaimer. Yeah, if you're Christian, you might get mad at this. And then they, and then they, they went into it and, and, Man, it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious because they brought the Bible to life in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I, and for me, that's, that's what I wanted to do with, so what, so what you're saying is, I want to talk about biblical things in a lighthearted way without losing the seriousness. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, to, that was a, that was really exciting for me. I connected with um, with the guests that they had on. Uh, we exchanged a few messages and stuff like that. It was, it was cool. So I'm not, I'm just I'm not saying anything's going to come off it right now, but um, you know, there may be opportunity to to collaborate in the future and things like that. But it was exciting to listen to a podcast that wasn't 
afraid to tackle an area that so many people shy away from. So, yeah, so that's what's been happening with me. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's me going on and on and on and on and on. You know, once, once I get to talking. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 got, you got to crunk up a little bit. You got to crunk up a little bit. But, but I'm, I'm going to say this. So you, you didn't notice what you were saying, but this is what you just said. So I'm going I'm to I'm put, put this out there so then it can give you some perspective of what I, which fit with the name and everything. So, yeah. so what you describing is, is, is it, it will no longer be the daily perspective. It'll be the daily perspective network. That's what you feel then. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to put that on. So don't, you ain't got to go. I know yeah. your mind going different places once I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're doing. So, so that's why you don't have to worry about the viewership of this right now. It's going to be one of several yeah. other. And so this is the first step into that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So then while you were talking, <laughs> we were talking right before we got on, we was like, we can prep, but we don't know how we're going to get into this topic, what angle. So I got the angle. So, I go for it. <laughs> so the angle is the correct posture in transition. Mm, okay. So going into what you were saying, a lot of times when we are in a in a place in our life where we're going from what we're used to to what we're called to it causes us to shift things in our life but in that shift our posture doesn't match where we're going so you think about it just say like you in the corporate setting yeah in the corporate setting you had a certain posture that communicated your confidence. Yeah. In what you do, what you know, and all that kind of stuff. Well, as you're in transition, what happens is that same confidence you had in one area, you don't have that same posture because you're learning this new one. And so with that, you come in like, oh, I don't know that. So you come in a lot less confident and your posture then shows that and communicates to other people that I'm in transition. <laughs> right. So, so sometimes our posture can communicate things or prevent things to happen for us because in our minds, we feel like we're not yet prepared for what we've been working on. And so then if our posture is old, we came from one season in our life, we could stand tall and, and be confident in what we did. And we're transitioning to one that we're unfamiliar with, but we have to make sure that our posture can still be correct for the thing that's in the future. And not right. just now, because just like you were saying, and it's the similar thing. I mean, we had the same thing with our Facebook live is you put so much energy into what you talk about when you get on screen and get on these zooms or whatever. And it's like, man, if I just had about like 50 more people, if I had this many more people and they come in and I'm telling you, we can have this, oh, this whole different conversation. But what you realize is every time you get in front of the camera or get on the mic, some of it is really for you. And the more you do it, the more you build in what you need, the foundation to then prepare for the next step. 
Right. Sometimes we want to go faster, and sometimes God puts us on hold to say, just do this right now. Don't worry about how many people come and whatever like that. I need to get you conditioned to do this so you can get your format, your structure down without so many eyes on it. So then when people do come, now the product is more streamlined and it's more put together versus, you know, different things going on at the beginning, sound things, all this kind of stuff. All these things you got to work out and smooth out over time. You can do it without that many people watching. Yeah. So by the time people connect to it, they're like, oh, this man, this is the best thing I ever heard. They're like, mm, it didn't start like that. <laughs> it didn't start like that. Yeah. We officially smoothed it all out to where now, now it's ready for the bigger artists because then they can they can connect with it better because it's easier for them. They have a better entry point to it now. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's 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 real because so many things went through my mind while you, <laughs> while you were in, doing the intro into it. So, um, first thing that went through my mind is um, just thinking about the two of us. We've both got scoliosis. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a massive thing that affects your posture. Yep. You know, I sit down and most people, you know, people don't realize how tall I really am because... When I sit down, it, it's as though I'm slouching, but it's, I'm not. That's just my posture is a certain way because of my scoliosis. Mm-hmm. So even though I may try and sit with confidence, my scoliosis forces me into a posture that may appear to lack confidence. Mm-hmm. So, it, so the perception of me, of me may be... Or, or let me put it a different way. I may be attentive. So this, this was something that someone had actually commented to me in a meeting before because they, they didn't know me. So they came in and they assumed that I was slouching and I didn't care. But I was sat how I'm sat now. But because of my posture, I appeared lower than everyone else. So they were like... Oh, he's not interested in this until they got speaking to me. And then they realized that, oh, wait, this guy is fired up. This guy is pumped up. This, this guy's the energizer bunny. And then the more they talked to me, they started to, to understand more and, and, um, and realize that actually the posture that he had in that meeting had nothing to do with his receptiveness or whatever. So sometimes um, where am I trying to go with this? When we're in transition, that our posture um, may not necessarily reflect what is on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say that we shouldn't correct our posture or, or assume the right posture. So that, that, was, that was one thing that came to me. The other thing that came to me was... Um, the other thing that came to me was when you started to talk about, you know, ironing out the kinks. Mm-hmm. And it took me right back to episode one where we started and, and we recorded and we were recording on that app. And, and I was, it, it was, the audio was a mess. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by episode three or four, we were like, okay, let's try Zoom. 
Mm-hmm. Then by episode six, seven, we were like, okay, have you got an, have you got an external mic? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got, and then we're hooking up the external mics and, mm-hmm. and then now we're bringing out the ring light and then we're like, yeah, can fix the light. So everything, you know, right now, our, as we transition, things are being, as you said, things are being worked out. And then, um, so right now, we, you know, we can't, although, although we might have that posture of not defeated, but um, struggling, battling, fighting. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not, you know, that, that's, just the, that's just the position. That's just where we are right now. It's not where we're going to be. It's not where, it's not our permanent posture. It's our, it's our starting posture, but our starting posture still has to be right. Um, and there are external factors that can come in and influence our posture and influence the way that we position ourselves. Mm-hmm. Those external factors may make us take on the wrong posture and therefore give off the wrong impression to those who are watching. And then when you talked about the audience, I know you're ready to go. You're ready to go. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm saying one okay. more thing. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um, the last thing for me was on, on Monday, I now I remember exactly what Kendrick was talking about now. Uh, okay. He was talking about... Um, when you when you know your strength, when you know who you are, mm-hmm. when you're connected to the right source, yeah, then it don't matter whether it's one person or a thousand people, because actually no, no, you said it, you said it. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick said something. You finished it off, and you were like, oh, okay. It, it don't matter if it's one person or a hundred people, because you know that that you you don't care because you're just giving the, the you're just giving what you have to give. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not about you. It's about what you're giving, and you know that you're giving it giving it to the to whoever we're supposed to receive it. And it's funny because when I think about when I was in music ministry, when I when I was up there rapping, when I was up there spitting bars, and I was like, yeah, I was getting into my. I still came off and I said, I don't know whether that was for everyone in here or just one of you in here. Mm -hmm. But no matter who it was for, I'm going to give it 100% so that you feel the emotion that I put into this when I wrote this because I wrote this from my experience. And and that's the thing about posture. If If you take that, if you take on that, the right posture, the right message and the right emotion will be conveyed in whatever you do. Now I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I always come in and connect that. So, I'm gonna go back to what you were talking about, and you were talking about, you know, scoliosis, and it made me think about alignment. But then it made me think about most of us are not in our correct posture because we have pre-existing conditions. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it figuratively and then <laughs> uh and then I'm gonna do it literally too. So in one sense, we have things that are happening in our past that have changed our posture. Right. Or when we get into our next season transition, those things that in one season we could try and compensate for 
are now in exposed because now we don't have that security of the thing that we built an identity around. So going into a more literal sense, just like we used with the scoliosis, I had scoliosis too. Well, I, I mean, I still have, but mine got corrected, not necessarily because I wanted to, but by accident. I had a car accident that then made my back even worse. So then I had like five vertebrae and three in my neck that got out of place. And I had to go to the chiropractor about, what, three days a week uh, for about like an hour or so for about three months. And so because I had the accident, it not only realigned what the accident put out of place, but then it straightened my pre-existing condition too. Right. I had to have that accident to happen to not only get better, but to then make my posture the best it's ever been. Because see, mine, mine curves to the left, so I would be driving and I would be slumped this way. Right. To the door. And I, it's like my body would just, just literally go that way. Yeah. Because of that. But also, sometimes your posture can get off by what you're carrying. So like in men, we carry wallets. We either carry our wallets in our back pocket. That can throw your back out of alignment too, which I was bad about doing too. I would keep my wallet in my back, my right back pocket. You must have got a lot of change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of junk. <laughs> no, I want a lot of change. There's a lot of calls. Lot of calls. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but I learned it after I had, as I was going to my chiropractor because he told me, like, man, do you, you know, you carry your wallet? I was like, yeah. He's like, where do you what side like this side. he like you don't need to do that anymore he's like right. That's hurting the you, you know your back as well and so i stopped carrying my wallet so i got so i got my stuff in my phone like see i'm a call right there. that's what right. I keep. so i don't carry a wallet like that now because i know now what it does to the alignment so a lot of us are out of alignment and we can't get in the correct posture to go into our next season because we have other stuff that are not in place either. So mm. some stuff we need to remove in order to get the correct posture, because maybe we have it somewhere that's affecting how we can stand or sit. Right. Right. It's funny because like you said, your accident corrected mm-hmm. your posture. Um, and I think I told you my story every time. So I've got four curves in my spine. Mm-hmm. And every time I got one curve, I had another one turn up to counterbalance that curve. Mm-hmm. What's weird, because I was laughing about it with the kids and I was like, nope. And my friend. So my friend is six, six, one, six, two. Mm-hmm. So when we... We got the same inside leg. So we wear the same leg levels in in trousers. We got exactly the same leg length. Mm -hmm. We got the same wingspan. So my limbs are exactly the same as his. But he's 6'2 and I'm 5'8. So the only, the difference in height takes place 
between the the base of my the base of my skull and um, uh, man, I always forget the my tailbone. I was just saying mm-hmm. tailbone. That so my torso is where the difference is, and the difference is made up by so I lose a total of uh, what's that about six inches in height based on the, the, the number of curves that I have in my spine. So I should really be about 6'2". Wow. So me and the kids, the kids find it so funny because they're like, your arms are so long and your legs are so long, but you're so short. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but, when you, but when you look at me, you wouldn't, you can't tell that I've got scoliosis. Only a few people will. So I'll expose it now. If you look at my neck, you can see that it, cur- it, goes, it, goes, to an, it goes at an angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can see that my uh, left shoulder drops lower than my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. But people looking at me, at first you'd never notice it. I only notice it because I look in the mirror and I, I see these things that I've, I've grown up with this. Mm-hmm. So where, where I'm going with this is that when your heart is in the right place, when you're connected to the right source, as you, as you guys said on, on live, mm-hmm. the right things, the, the, right, the, the right course adjustments are made. The right adjustments to your posture take place. Mm-hmm. My curvature, I've been praying since I was nine, 10 years old, I was praying to God for healing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what healing, I, I expected a miracle where I was just gonna be like super straight, like boom, oh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works out. That's not how, you know, but what good, I've seen people with similar scoliosis to me where they haven't got the counterbalance and they, they hunched up in all kinds of ways. But my healing came in, in, this, in the way that God put the, allowed a new curve to develop to balance out the other one. Mm-hmm. He was correcting my posture every time a new curve developed. As soon as one came, he was like, nah, boom, here we go. There we keep you. We're going to keep you straight. We're going to keep you angled. We're going to keep you. You're no one. No one looking at you will know that there is anything wrong with you because I'm going to correct your alignment and put you in the right position so that when people look at you, they see something that is good. Oh, I'm about to preach, bro. You look, you look, you. You talking? Oh, now. You, you, you talking? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of top now. I'm getting excited. <laughs> you talking good? You talking? Now I was about to go there about the balancing because what if before you know that counterbalance? What if you tried to balance it out yourself? Mm. So what if you like you got to the point like man? I know I want to kind of straighten this out. What if you would have went to somebody beforehand? What would have been the outcome of that? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the outcome was. Well, go, well, go ahead. So, so I decided a lot. Um, I think I was about eighteen, nineteen. I decided I was going to go and see a. Um, a, a I went to a chiropractor. 
practice actually. I got a rec- I got a referral from my from my pra- general practitioner to go and see a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And this guy was doing all sorts of things, making all them cracking sounds. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, didn't do nothing. What it actually did was it made me get more backaches because so my alignment had nothing to do with anything that I was doing. So my condition is, con- is congenital scoliosis, meaning this curvature happened w- whilst my spine was forming in the womb. Mm-hmm. So it's not like my vertebrae had been shifted out of place. There was, it wasn't like something unnaturally pushed them out of place. They were naturally the way that they, you know, the, the way that they formed. So although it wasn't per se, the norm per se, it was normal for me. So me trying to then force it and trying to correct it through an unnatural means meant that I then caused more, uh, more pain and more discomfort for myself. Even though it was counterintuitive, the thing that I was going to was known to be the way to fix um, an issue with your spine or with your back that when it's out of alignment. But because mine was a condition that I was born with, the the, the natural thing to do became the unnatural thing to do. So I I had to go back to the person that made me Mm-hmm. and let him do the, mm-hmm. the natural fixing. Mm-hmm. I had to let him put me back in alignment. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't some, there was nothing I could do about it. It was something that I didn't even see when the changes were happening. I didn't even feel when the changes were happening. I didn't feel any different. The only time I knew it was different was when I got the x-rays. And then, um, and, and this, was the, this was the kicker. Uh, when I got to the, when I went to see the orthopedic surgeon and they took the x-rays, he said to me, um, have you been, have you been in pain? Have you, have you been, you know, have you had any kind of major discomfort? I was like, no, no. He's like, so do you exercise? I was like, yeah, I lift weights. I do this, I do that. And he was, he was amazed. And he was like, your, your x-rays from when you were, when you were baby only showed one curve. You now have, was it about four or five? No, I think I had about six. Um, no, 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 no. What am I talking about? I've got eight curves. Uh, no, 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 no. I, me- I messed it up. I've got four. I've got, uh, so I've got, I've got, um, I've got a two at the top of my neck mm-hmm. and then another two lower down. That was it. Yeah. So, he was he was completely baffled he didn't understand how i could have how the every time it curved another one developed because he said the kind of with congenital scoliosis it stops in adolescence so whatever number of curves you have when you hit adolescence that is how your spine is going to stay forevermore. But with my condition, my, my, stir, my, um, my spine continued to change 
even through my, my late teens into my 20s. Anything that took it out of balance, a new one came and balanced it out. That wasn't a natural thing. That was a supernatural thing. That was because of prayers that I had sowed years ago. That was because of things that I had done and prayed and cried for. And this is where we're going to start to connect some dots because what I did was I had the correct posture in private. I didn't. <laughs> no, 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 you're not going to no, go past that. Go past that. No, okay, go. okay. So I had the correct posture in private. And what I mean by that is my prayers for realignment, my prayers for correction, my prayers to straighten my posture were not things that I, I, I didn't go in front of everyone crying and screaming. I took that to God in my private, quiet time. Nobody knew I was praying about this. Nobody knew that. Nobody even knew that it bothered me because I, I held that in. I'm not saying that was the right thing to do because that can cause trauma, but I took the problem to God. I took it to God in private and I dealt with it in private. And I said, God, this is something that I need you to fix. I've tried to fix it on my own. I've tried to align myself. I've tried to correct myself. I've tried to fix myself and I can't. I need you to fix this. And then when the change started to happen, I didn't even, and this is what I love about when God works in us. When the change is happening, you don't feel a thing. God can, so write this down. <laughs> God can perform surgery on you with no anesthesia. Say it again. So God can perform surgery on you with no anesthesia because when God works in you, his process of change will never harm you. His process of change will not cause you any pain. So, and what I mean by that is that it's not that you're not going to feel a thing. What I'm saying is that the pain that you feel will not be pain that holds you back. The pain that you may feel is pain that will develop you. It's pain that will grow you. It's not pain that will destroy you. There's a difference. So when God is working on you, yes, you will, you will feel, it's like when you feel a, a pinprick, when you get a shot and you, get, you feel a pinprick, very, very different to someone cutting you open with a scalpel. Two different types of pain. And the, pe the pain that we feel with God is similar to a pinprick because he cares about us. So he, when, he's, when he's performing that loving change on us, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to tear us down and, and, and make us crumple in pain. He, he knows that, that we have to feel a, li feel a little bit, a bit of pain so we remember the change. But the most important thing is the change that he is, that he is carrying out in us. And that is where the correction comes. That is where the adjustment comes. And that's where the alignment comes. I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm gonna say this: you, you preaching today? <laughs> you preaching today? Now, I, I'm just gonna let you know. Now, when you're talking good, I'm just gonna say you talking good <laughs> today. 
right now. I just had to stop and just I just had to shake my head. I, I said, Lord, I mean, I'm just gonna receive right here. What are you saying? I, I, I don't okay. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go back to something because as you were talking, well, the times I could stop and write, sometimes I just had to sit and listen, but sometimes I did get to write. I'm gonna go back to what you started off talking about was what you had was a pre-existing condition in the womb. <clears throat> so there are things that God puts within us when we born that we sometimes think are defects, but God uses them to affect other people. Ooh, say that again. You telling me I'm you said I'm saying something. You say you said some stuff right now. <laughs> so the very thing that we think are defects, God used them to effect other people or affect whatever way. Yeah, yeah. The you know the English guys, y'all know which one. <laughs> Don't keep going. So that's what was happening. So for you. Most of your younger years, you're like, man, I just want this to be fixed. I just want Lord just, you know, fix it. And he was like, I'll fix it in the way that's going to benefit you, not harm you. Mm. And sometimes we try and rush the healing and then end up putting ourselves at harm because we have a, a certain depiction of what us being our best self looks like. Right. Yeah. So we will go towards that and say that, well, Lord, you know, this is what I want. This is how I want it here. This if I want to live. This is what kind of car I want to drive. This is how much money I want. Do it like that, Lord. Yeah. That's how you know, you know my heart. You say you know my heart. <laughs> yeah. Do it like that. And he's like, no, no. I got you, but just wait. Just be patient. And so then it becomes a timeline of one is when you prayed the prayer and then one when God allowed, well, God has prepared you enough for the shift and change. Yeah. Because he knows if he does it too quick, it's just like with surgery. Surgery has a duration, not necessarily because they just want to take that much time because it takes a, it takes time to prepare time to, to prepare the person that's being in surgery, but also it has a recovery time too. Now you might want to rush and have the surgery, but you got to have some recovery time too. Yeah. And so he got to factor all of that into it. And what you might think is like, well, God, this is one little thing. Like you can just do that quick. Like, yeah, but that little one thing had to have time to heal to then mend itself. And a lot of times we got a lot of open wounds from things in the past that guys trying to stitch up and we keep running and we keep undoing bandages and stitching. Like if you just would sit still, mm. I could, I could fix this. <laughs> like, I just want you to just sit still just for a little bit. You keep running. I want you to sit still. Cause if you get, get to the point where you can be still, I can heal those things that you hurting from. Yeah. But you won't allow me to. So they hurt longer than they should because we won't allow God to do what he does. Because if he's, if he's our healer, then, you know, uh, 
a lot, just like what we pray, like, Lord, be my healer, Lord, be my provider. But then he's going to put you in situations for him to be that. In right. Your life. Yep. But they were like, be careful what you pray for. So you say, Lord, just be my provider. Well, then he's going to strip away what you got so he can be that. Yeah, it's gonna be my heel. Well, okay, you gonna have some. He gonna have to heal. So it's like when you pray certain thing, God like okay, this what you need me to be. I'm gonna be that, but I'm not gonna be it in a way that you want me to be that. Right. And people don't understand it. But one thing you said about God can perform surge on you with no anesthesia. That thing right there, that that right there, what you said right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you, but it made me think of. Uh, and I had thought about this earlier, and I think it was I think it was Paul, but talking about you know, Lord, take this thorn from me. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times, that's what we want because, like, Lord, you know, I'm hurting. Like, just take it. Like, why are you gonna take it? Like, you see me suffering. He's like, because if I take it out right now, you'll forget what I called you to do. Yeah. So I got to keep you afflicted in a way so that you can go forward into the thing that I want you to do. If you don't have a certain level of pain, you won't then rely on me like you need to. And you won't allow me to instruct you, uh, inform you the way I need to. Because, you know, if you don't have that thorn, oh, you can run like you want to then. You can do yeah, But that thorn is going to make you... If Thorn gonna make you sit down. The Thorn like mm, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm, let me let me take a break. I, I can't I can't go like I want to. And he know that. So so sometimes that's what God does. It's not that He doesn't want us to have the, the desires of our heart. It's just the fact He wants us to be fully prepared for them. And if we get them too quick, it's gonna be too much of a burden on us. And then we will undo the work that He's doing in us and the thing that he's trying to heal, we would then, the stitches and everything would just come back loose because we haven't get, given them enough time to heal. Yeah, so you, you're just, you lining me up, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so um, when, you, when, you, when you were talking about us undoing the stitches, and talking about that there's a pro- process, there's a recovery time. So, so, yeah, there is a process to it. You know, there is preparation. Mm-hmm. There is the actual transformation. Mm-hmm. Then there is the recovery. Mm-hmm. And what, what we do is we, we go into the preparation phase and we're okay with that. Because the preparation phase is uncomfortable for us. It's, it's not the kind of discomfort that you get in the recovery phase. Mm-hmm. This, the discomfort in the, tra- in the preparation phase is the, is, the, is the discomfort that makes you call on God. And we're, we're okay with that discomfort because we're like, oh, I need God in this situation. Mm-hmm. Then God steps in and we have the transformation. And during the transformation, now the transformation is where God is performing surgery. As I said, there is a little pain, not enough to kill you, just enough to remind you of where you came from. So we we happily go through the transformation. 
And then when we get to recovery, there is a, supposed to be a different sort of pain. And this is that pain that makes it stick. This is the pain that reminds you enough so that you don't go back. This is the pain. So this is like, you know, when you get stitches and as the healing is happening, you get to that point in recovery where it's itches. Mm -hmm. so you know that, oh, I'm near the end. I'm near the end. This is, it's starting to itch. So is it, everything is knitting together now. It's fine. It's almost done. But if you try and move too quickly in that phase, as you said, you bust those stitches wide open and you're back, you, you're right back at the transformation. Mm -hmm. You've got to go through the process again. So what we, as you said, we, we, we cut the process short. So we never come out of transformation. We keep going right about, right round in circles. But the problem is because we bust, we bust the stitches open. God is already performing a new transformation in another area. So now we got, we got a wound on our back. We got a wound on our arm. We got a wound on our leg. And what happens when you're injured, when you got these wounds, naturally your posture changes. Whenever you're in pain, whenever you've got a wound, you ain't going, you, you can sit. You're going to try and sit whatever way is comfortable to try and accommodate the pain. Whereas if you allow the, the, the wound to, to heal and recover, you can sit with the right posture. You can sit in the right way. So we, we've, we've got to allow, like you said, I see, this, this one means this is you, Terrence. <laughs> we've got to allow the process to finish so that we can recover. But then when you were saying this, there was one thing that kind of jumped out to me from, um, so I was reading, I was reading, I've been reading all the gospels because what I started doing, I was looking for the posture of the people that came to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was like, when people approach Jesus, the people that Jesus healed, how did they approach Jesus? Mm -hmm. And most of them came and, and this is, this is the kicker. This is the funny bit for me. Most of the people that came to approach Jesus, they came and they knelt before Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the bit that I was focused on. So why would, but this is the preparation. This is the preparation. They came and they knelt because they needed, a, they needed that to show, firstly, to get in that posture of reception. So that was what I was calling the posture of reception. I'm ready to receive. But to show that I'm ready to receive, and it's similar to what we, we, we're going to go back to the Old Testament and what they did to, in, in terms of putting themselves or showing that they're in the okay, right let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say, let me say something because I'm, I'm connected. So before you said this, before you said that, this is what I wrote down. It, it, it came to me. So the preparation is prayer. The surgery is the word. Right. The recovery is the Holy Spirit. I, so I, I'm gonna sing it. Say it again. The preparation is the prayer. The surgery is the word. The recovery is the Holy Spirit. So, right. 
Going back to what you were talking about, so as you were talking, I was like, man, okay, it was a point that I didn't make the last time I was talking. So about praying, and this is the the posture that we miss in transition because it's the, the devil's whole aim to keep us out of the posture we need, which is the like you just were going into the the kneeling or the the reverence position because he wants to keep us paralyzed in fear and panic so then that negates our desire to pray because we feel like it's no need to because it's not going to work anyway but if we can get into that posture, that's when we can, like you were saying, that's when God can see that we're ready for the next step. Because the praying is preparing us for the next step that he's about to do in our life. But if we don't get that right, then we can't, we don't have enough anesthesia to go into surgery. Because then from our prayer our prayer life and us reading the Bible go hand in hand. Yeah. So what we read will start to then perform that surgery. But as we rest in that, that's when the fullness of what he's trying to do can happen. And then in recovery, you can't do too much in recovery. So that's why the Holy Spirit comes in. And then he, he does. And it is not us because we don't we're not strong enough to do it at that point. Right. Yeah, we still like this. Yeah. We in the wheelchair, they willing us. We can't eat nothing but ice chips and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and like I was really like, I got it, I got you. I understand where you're at, I got you. And it's a it's a process and and people they don't understand how vital prayer is, but it's it's less about praying for what you want God to do. You're praying to confirm who God is. Right. And because he is these things for us, he's our healer and providing all that stuff. Man, that's how you prepare. Because he knows, you know, and it's like, it's, you know, you, we, we don't know what we want or how to pray or teach us how to pray. That's how we need to be taught but we get taught by reading the word and understand how we can apply what we read into our prayers. Yeah. And that's how we show God. We know who he is. He know who he is. He ain't confused who he is. We confused who straight up straight. <laughs> and so it's like, so like, he's like, Man, if you understood who I am, you won't be so afraid of stuff or you wouldn't be so worried. If you just knew who I am, Yeah, I'm showing you who I am. You're not connecting to it that way. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say something real quick, and then there you go. Okay, okay. okay. If we know who God is, mm -hmm. we won't be afraid of our enemies. We will be afraid for our enemies. That's all I'm gonna say. Say it, say it, say it again. Say it, say it, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. If we know who God is, mm -hmm. we will not be afraid of our enemies. We will be afraid for our enemies. That's it. <laughs> that, 
Look, look, you I'm gonna be like TDJ today. Look, you talking so good. I'm gonna have to buy the, buy the tape today. I'm gonna have to buy this tape today. You talking good today. <laughs> oh, okay, so the, okay, this is my this is my other point, then I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it back to you. So you think about it, not in these terms, but you know, back in the day <clears throat> when you wanted to catch a cab, you had to position yourself and had the right posture for the driver to see you right and pick you up. So <clears throat> if we know the posture to do that, why is it so hard for us to get in the posture to pray? And then we wonder why stuff not getting picked up. Right. So if we want to <clears throat> want God to transition us or to transport us into the next phase of our life, we have to be in the correct posture. And if we feel like we can do this next next phase of our life, then God will let us drive. He'll let us do that. Yeah. But if we understand that we can't drive, he ready to drive. Like he'll come pick us up in the Uber or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he know our location. He come pick yeah, us up. Yeah, yeah, straight. He ain't gonna be late. But it's if we allow him to. Because it's all about choice. He will, you know, sometimes you see the bumper sticker, like, got my, you know, co-pilot or whatever like that. No, yeah. he the, he the, no, he the driver. <laughs> yeah, he the pilot. I'm, I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. But if you want to be the co-pilot, he'll do that too. And let you just drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your, it's your choice. Drive your ass off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Go clean up. So, so it's like, it is is how you how you maneuver these transitions because you don't wanna get on a path to where you lose where God's position is. Right. Because it's not that he's lost, it's you're lost. And you don't wanna be lost. Uh, just like you don't wanna be on the lost and found or the missing person, whatever. Mm. You don't want to get to the point where you are trying to search for the things of God. God gives you the things you need. It's if you want to look for them. And they just like it's hidden in plain sight. It's like it's hidden in plain sight. If you want to see it, you can see it. But if you don't, then it'll be just as, as uh, hidden or buried as it want to be. Hmm. So, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go. Oh, oh. no! You you're talking some good stuff there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pick up what I was saying. So I was. So when that's when I was looking at Mark, like I said, I, I started my focus on how the peop, the posture of the people that came to Jesus, and they all came and they knelt before him, mm-hmm. and they the, the the next thing they did was they acknowledged who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to what you said. If we know who, if we know who God is, we know how to come to him. We know how to come to him in the right posture. We know how to position ourselves to show that we are in need of him and we are ready to receive from him. Mm-hmm. In the same way in the Old Testament, to show that they were of contrite heart, they put on sackcloth and they put ashes on their head 
and they bowed low. There is this pattern here of bowing low or bowing at the feet of God to show that you are in submission. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to connect some dots as well because people always want to talk about what it means to be in submission in uh, in in marriage and whatever. And what they fail to miss is that it says. Um, Wives, um, submit, submit to your husbands as they are submitted unto God. So you want your wife to submit to you first. You've got to submit and bow, and bow before God and be ready to receive for God from God the direction that he needs to give you so that you can lead your family to where they, your family needs to go. Mm -hmm. Don't be leading your family around in the wilderness for 40 years. Get on the right path and get into submission and, and get the right posture in front of God so that you can lead your family how you're supposed to lead. But that's a different that's a different podcast. So <laughs> so but the bit that got the bit the kicker for me was this. When I read, when I started to read, I noticed the different pattern in those scriptures, one that I'd never noticed before. Mm -hmm. Every time they came to Jesus. And I think I noticed it when I read when I was reading it in Mark. It was it was something about how the, the way Mark captured it. But he said Jesus took them to one side. He didn't do it. So they came to Jesus and they kneeled before Jesus in the crowd. Jesus picked them up and took them to one side in private. Mm -hmm. And then he can he did the work that needed to be done. Then he told them. Don't say nothing to no one. Take yourself and go home. Don't speak to no one. Go home. Do not pass go and collect $200. Go home. Mm -hmm. So there is something about the posture of humility. Even when you know that you are called to do something great. Yep. So first get into the right posture so that the work can begin in you. When the work has begun in you, when the recovery has finished in you and you now know your purpose, your new posture needs to be a posture of humility where you do what you are called to do, not for an audience, not for a crowd, not for the eyes of the people that are looking on. You are doing it because you know you are locked in, you are zeroed in on your purpose. So you don't need a big audience. And I'm speaking to myself right now, whether it's one person or a thousand people that download this or listen to this or watch this on YouTube, mm -hmm. this, my purpose is to do this. My purpose is to break this down. My purpose is to share the word and to teach and to, 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 to break down the gospels. So whoever is listening, whoever is watching, the right person that needs this is going to hear it. And that's all I need to be concerned about. That the, the one person, the whoever God has called me to called me and you to record this for today, yep. we just need to be concerned that that's what they get today. We need to go into private and do what we would need to do and then let, let God do the rest, which is exactly what Jesus did in every situation. There, his posture was a posture of humility. And then you said something earlier about uh, Paul um, and the fawn in his side. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Lord, take this, you know, if you will take this fawn out of my side. Mm -hmm. Jesus prayed the same thing in the garden of Gethsemane where he said, Lord, if, if, if possible, take this cup away from me. The mm -hmm. Bible says that Jesus prayed so hard that he swept buckets. Mm -hmm. Buckets, he said, he, sorry, he swept blood. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, I know the Bible me, he sweat buckets of blood. Mm-hmm. How do you pray so hard that you sweat blood? <laughs> so, do you, and, and this is. Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I got, I got, I just got some for that. Would you just say it? Okay. So, so what if the reason why he was he was sweating blood while he was praying is that he was praying for the pains of us mm. because and it was something that I heard uh, a couple couple weeks ago because you know Keon they do the tap of the ticks yeah and they had uh, like the the evangelists, the women of the church that were uh, that were ministering and stuff, and they were talking. And this one lady, she prayed real hard. And, they, and Keon, he was like, you know, we know when you praying, you got a different level of praying. And he just asked you, like, where did that come from? And she said, my pain. He said, when I pray, I pray from my pain. Or people I'm praying for, I'm I'm praying from that place because I've been hurt so much. I pray so strong. Right. And a lot of times the people, you know, they wonder like, oh, I wish I could pray like her or pray like him. Like, but do you want the pain that came with it? Right. And so that's part of it. And I think when you really get into that humility place is because of the pain that you endured to where that's the only solution to your pain to be in the right posture because you can be arrogant and say oh i can take all this on and be in more pain but then you inflict it on yourself but no that's 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 real talk that's real talk because um so um where was it there was a i used to (laughs) So a bit like a bit like what you were talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an intercessor. I like to pray, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I never used to think anything of it. I just I just used to pray. But that's just what I did. I prayed, and I said what was on my heart, and and that was that was what I did. And I was. Um, I, I don't remember what church it was, but um, I started praying, mm-hmm. and because um, the, the pastor called all the, called all the men out to uh, to the front, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, we, we're going to pray. We're going to pray." And we started praying, and then suddenly he started to go quiet, and and I, I so I'm like, "Oh, is everyone stop praying?" And and um. And so I was about to stop the pastor. Don't stop praying. <laughs> like, so they basically stopped and just let me let me carry on praying. And then the pastor said to me, "You know that you know there is there is there is something on you for prayer." And I was like, I, "I never knew that." This was the same pastor that actually told me that I wasn't called to that. My gift is not to to pastor. My gift is to teach. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, you know, I actually respect this. I respect his opinion and his recognition of gifts. Um, but I, I didn't really think anything of 
me praying. It was just something I did. But like that woman said, when I pray, I pray from a place of empathy. I, pr I pray from a place where I'm connecting not just, you know, my pain. When I pray for my kids, you can see, I will cry. Mm -hmm. I will cry because the pain of anything happening to them, of them not fulfilling their purpose, of it, those things weigh so heavy on me that the prayer comes from a different place. Yep. When I pray for someone that's hurt or in pain, I am praying as though I am in their shoes feeling that pain because it's just the way that God has wired me. Yep. I feel the pain of others. And I know you're the same. I, I can't help but feel the pain of others. Mm -hmm. So it reflects in what I do and how I can conduct myself and how I pray. And that prayer is not to draw the attention to myself. I don't want the attention or the attention deserves to go to God. Um, but I want to pray. I want to pray. I like to pray in a way that I'm like, God, I want you to know this person's pain. So how I pray, I, I'm, right now when I'm talking to you, I'm trying to convey that pain to you. Mm -hmm. So I get what Keon was saying or what a woman mm -hmm. was saying to Keon, that, you know, where that comes from. And, and, and it's true. That's not for everybody. I, I, and, this, and this is why I, I really find it funny that, you know, you know um, and not ha-ha funny, but it's kind of ironic that so many people want the gifts of others, but they don't understand the pain of that gift. Mm-hmm. You can't pray that way if you're not willing to feel the pain that goes with it, just as you said. Mm -hmm. You can't separate the two. And sometimes I don't, even me, sometimes I don't want to feel that much pain all the time. People don't appreciate that um, when you are the personality type that we are, mm -hmm. you are constantly in pain because you take on the pain of others. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like having a superpower where you just absorb other people's pain so that they heal. But then part of the process is that you then have to feel that pain for a period of time. Yep. People don't understand what that feels like. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And it's not an easy gift to carry. It's not a gift that, that, that is meant for everyone. But there, there every God gives each person the right gift for, you know, he knows the gifts that he gives to each individual. Mm -hmm. And people just need to learn. And again, this is why it's so important to have the right posture, the, the, the correct posture when you, um, when you are in transition, because the right posture will help you understand who you are who God is, who you are in God, and therefore what your gift is. And you will not need to covet the gifts of anyone else because you have an appreciation and an understanding for your gift and how it's connected to your purpose. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so what I'm going to say to that is you have to be careful of the people that's around you while you're in transition. 
because they may be the ones to undo the surgery. They pull pulling at the stitches. Ooh, you, you just got this little bit here. I'm, I'm just gonna pull pull that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. And like we all know, when you go through surgery, you're most susceptible yeah. to infection, anything else like that. Uh, and the people, you know, that are doing the surgery have to make sure the hands are clean and everything is sterilized and all that kind of stuff. So while you're going through that process, and you said it earlier, a lot of times when God is doing that, he does it out of the watchful eye of other people. But sometimes when you try and fix something, you had to do it more out in front with people. And then now they can comment about it. They can talk about it. They can do all this stuff. When you're not ready for public, uh, you're not ready for the eyes of people. Mm. You know, So like when people go into ICU, they limit how many people can get access to them. Because... Right. State to where something might happen, they might go back in the surgery. They they might be critical. You just never know. So they have to keep them isolated for a period of time to then for them to heal. Whereas the same thing with people. Sometimes the people uh, will come around in that time of surgery, or they might come around at the time of recovery. And then force you to try and get back on your feet too soon. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in hospital, not myself, but because my dad was in the hospital so much. And we would have to limit the people who could come see him. Not that we didn't want people to see him, but as soon as you see people, you ain't recovered. You want to talk, you want to do like you used to do, and you push yeah. yourself and tire yourself out. So like, no, don't, don't come, don't. He's doing good. We'll let you know when you're ready when he's back at the house. Yeah. Don't come. Don't come up here. Don't come up here because he's not, he not fully recovered. Yeah. And so that's that's what happens with us. At the very time that we should rely more on the Holy Spirit, people then come back around us. And now we start to go back for external validation. And God just want us to ask the Holy Spirit to equip us in this time for the stuff that comes our way. Because he knows we don't have the energy to do it. They sin, like I said, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. So he sends what we need at the very moment we need it. But that's if we, we, uh, so we ask for the indwelling, you know, so like the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That yeah. is. Then the, uh, instead of just, you know, like, oh, you know, everybody think the Holy Spirit is just like, oh, somebody called the Spirit. Oh, they were shouting in church like, mm, no, they're not all what it is. <laughs> like, you can have the Holy Spirit anytime you want to. It, it's not yeah, that. yeah. That's a that's a whole other conversation. Go yeah, I, 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 did, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned it on one of the lives that people live for the sensation. Mm-hmm. Rather than the relationship. Yep. So people people know the sensation of the Holy Spirit because, and that's why they say, "Oh, he he he, caught, he don't caught the Spirit." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Spirit is always there. The Spirit. If you if you are in relationship, the yep. Spirit is always is indwelling. It's always there. Right. Right. You. What you looking for every time you come to church? You're looking for that 
that initial feeling. Mm -hmm. So you are chasing the high. Yep. You, you've become addicted to the sensation mm -hmm. of, 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 um, of the presence of the spirit rather than being in relationship with God and the spirit. Yeah. So, but like you said, that's a whole different podcast. There's, there's a whole other stuff. <laughs> I know we, 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 we don't touch it on it on a, you know, a few different ways, but as we promised right at the beginning of this podcast, um, and that's just why we said stick around to the end. Mm -hmm. We wanted to we wanted to give people that guide to how you um, how you get yourself in the right posture. And as we've said, it's there's a it's a three stage process, isn't it? Mm -hmm. so first, you've got to be in the right posture for preparation, mm -hmm. or the posture of of reception, being ready to receive. Mm -hmm then you're going to have to be in the correct posture for transition. Now, if we imagine the, the, that transition period to be the, the surgery, usually when you're in surgery, you lying down. You lying down, you, you're unconscious, you are being worked on. You are not moving about, running about, trying to do all kinds of stuff. Someone else is in complete control. So there is a posture of being still that you need yep. when you are in transition. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in recovery, you need um, a position, a posture of rest. So you need a restful posture, not restful in the sense of laziness. No, restful so that the, the transition can be complete so that you can recover from the transition and go out in full strength. So those are the, the three, for me, the three different types of posture that, that we need to adopt um, as we go through our transition. The, uh, the, tr the posture of reception, the posture of transition, and the posture of recovery. Um, what would you add to that, T? Well, I mean, I think you, I think the way you summed it up was good. I think one of the things I was thinking about was how easy it is for us to forget the right posture or what we traditionally use it for and then how it could be in a more spiritual way. So for us, Typically, we don't put our heads down, but for uh, outside of, you know, when prayers in church is if we've done something wrong. So if you're a child and you usually getting chastised, you put your head down, you're like, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And so, but we don't typically do that with God. See, I, I, I thought I just did that because I didn't want to make the eye contact and get whooped. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, that too, that too. That too. But we don't usually do that uh, with God. A lot of times we are real arrogant towards God uh, or we're real aggressive toward him. Like, why you let this happen? Oh, they, you know, so it's more right. it's aggressive. Even when and when we close our eyes, 
you know, some of it, and not saying that you have to, because you can pray with your eyes open, but uh, for the most part, it is something different about when you can close your eyes and pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also when, you know, sometimes when you're real anxious or just stressed out, you kind of like put your hands, your head in your hands or whatever like that, and and just kind of just kind of just be defeated. But in those times, God wants us to be in a different posture. Because usually if we're to this point where we like this, then we're not trusting him. Or yeah. we're not in full faith that whatever he said he was gonna do for us, he will. And so how can we then say like God, I trust you, but our posture doesn't say that. Yeah. And so even with the the standing tall, like something, and we talked about with the the full armor of God, that allows us to stand tall. But when we do it outside of that, then what are we doing it for? Because a lot of times we'll stand tall in our own worth, the identity, but we won't stand up for the thing that God wants us to stand for. Yeah. And so, like, all these different postures within our day where we're out of alignment all throughout the day. When we should be in reverence and praying, then we pacing the floor. Or when we should be more, like, bow down and, like, Lord, just forgive me or whatever like that, then we angry. And we want to flip stuff over or punch walls or whatever mm. like that. And so, like, all these different things. So, it's just, like, you look within your day, it's like, Okay, this is what I want from God, but when am I ever in the right posture throughout my day? Right. Or right. even when I do get in the right posture, how much time am I spending in, in their in their posture? So if I am praying, how long am I doing it? And when am I doing it? And then what am I praying for? So like all these different things, and then we start to evaluate. Even those of us who feel like, oh, well, you know, I got a good relationship with God. I'll be praying, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's like, mm, but am I really doing as much as I should? And that's when you start. That's when you have the growth because all of us could do better. Uh, like I said, I know me is is a lot of times I want to pray uh, mm-hmm. up in the morning and do it. And then you're like, mm, I might watch some on YouTube or something like that. Uh, I listen to some gospel music or something. But it's like you don't spend the time that you do have. Because it's not that you don't have time. You just don't use that time the way Right, right. yeah. And and, it, and it's, we all go through. So it's a balancing act. I'm not saying that, oh, I got it all together. You got it all together. It's that constant balancing act. Uh, I know the things that will get me closer to where God wants me to go. But I know all these other distractions I constantly have around me that can pull me away from the things I really feel led and compelled to do. Yeah. And so, and so then it's like, it's like you're talking about intercessory prayer. The prayer that you pray may be the prayer that would then lead the person you're praying for to a closer relationship with God. But maybe you didn't pray that day. Or maybe they needed covering for something and that was the day that you didn't you're like, man, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. And so you just never know how what you do, especially 
an accessory thing could then help prepare other people for it if you make the time for it. I think what you it's funny because I hadn't I hadn't even considered um and it's weird because it it seems so natural, but <laughs> we're talking about the posture. But what you talked about right there was finding time to get in the posture. Mm-hmm. Because it's fine if you know the posture, but if you don't get into the if you don't find time to get into the posture, then what's the point of knowing what posture to get into? Um, something you said, um, something that came to mind with what you said was also was do not confuse the posture of defeat with the posture of submission mm-hmm. or the, 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 the posture, the, the posture of reception, should I say? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you are in, when you are in that preparation phase, do not confuse defeat, which is when your hands in your head mm-hmm. with, okay, God, I hand this over to you. I'm bowing before you. Don't confuse the two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they are, one is saying, God, I've realized that I've tried to do this in my own strength, whereas I needed your strength. Mm-hmm. And the other one is saying, look, God, you can't help. I can't do this. You can't do this. Nobody can do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Because one is, one in, in one, you are not acknowledging who God is. Right. Um, a defeat, a defeatist posture is already saying that the problem is bigger than God, and there is no problem that is bigger than God. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so practical ways about making time to get into the right posture. So, um, Terrence hit on one thing. Um, I'll talk about some of the things that I do to get myself into the right posture, and, and as Terrence said. This is not saying that we're in a better position than anyone else because, again, I struggle with consistency. The biggest problem area is that posture of recovery. Why? Because we are in this time where we are always so busy, we do not take enough time to rest. And that posture is a restful posture because you need that complete activity. But but one of the things that I do, um, I tend to start... If I'm if I'm shaving, cutting my hair, I put some gospel music on. If I'm in the gym, I put some gospel music on. I might put some Christian hip hop because I know that it's an early morning session. Um, and what I'm doing, although I'm while I'm when I'm in the gym, is it's a time when I think a lot. So I, I might be I might be lifting weights or whatever, but I'm thinking throughout the whole time. So. Whilst I'm thinking, I'm feeding my mind with stuff that is getting me ready to get into the posture of prayer Mm -hmm. so that when I come out of the gym and then I read my Bible, um, because what I do, the first thing I do when I wake up is actually I read my Bible. I go on and I read my Bible while I'm still laying down, hit the gym, but listen to the music, and then I'm ready for... um, ready to get ready. But what I do, my mind is in a place where I'm already meditating on what I've heard, what I've listened to, what I've read. So my natural instinct is to start to communicate with God. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm I, so putting myself in the posture by listening to things that will align me with that attitude of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one of the that's one of the things that I do. Um, another thing that I try and do because I've got children is bring the, the family together at given times so that we can have a family altar time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to teach and encourage my children to have that um, not ritual of prayer, but that relationship of prayer mm-hmm. that I want them to get into the habit of meditating on the scripture and having conversations with God, because I, I, I've always told them it's not about praying for praying's sake. It's about building relationship and learning to communicate and talk with God. So the same way that you make time to talk to your best friend, mm-hmm. you need to make time, pencil time in your diary to talk to your savior, to talk to your source of strength. Don't treat God as a one-way it's not a one-way thing. Have a conversation with God. God wants to enter into relationship with you. And to get into the right posture, you need to be ready to have, you need a posture that's ready for relationship. So those are my, my two things in terms of sort of practical steps. Yeah. Um, like one thing I add that I do, and it came about one of uh one of my one of our mentors, Doctor Brief, we meet with him like once a week, and he has a book called uh, "Spiritual Formation." And I was reading that and just kind of so it ta- a lot of stuff we talked about today. He kind of talks about it in that book, especially like intercessory prayer, memorizing the word, worship, you know, praying from you know through the scriptures and all that kind of stuff. But so it made me think about like okay. Well, how do I just block some time out? So I put in my phone and I got like a indefinite like appointment on my phone. So like 6 a.m. I got appointment with God from 6 a.m. to 7. Yeah. And so that's when I get up out. Sometimes I'll read, you know, maybe a chapter in that book because he has a lot of scriptures in that. Or I might, you know, get the Bible out or do something like that. Uh, I journal too. And so I might read something and then journal about what I thought about it, or I might pick some key words out of it and kind of like get the synonyms. And then that kind of helps me summarize or get a different viewpoint of it. And then sometimes I might create a prayer out of that, uh, right. what I've read. And then I might, you know, listen to some Mississippi Mass or some Kurt Franklin. Marvin Sapp just came out with new CDs. So I will listen mm. to uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and who else got a new CD? I don't know, but Marvin Sapp just he just came out last week, so I was listening to that. Oh, uh, uh, Tasha Cobbs. She got. She's oh, okay. got. She's got a new CD. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that that was hot as well. She, I have, I have, I have she, when she hit for your glory. Yeah, <laughs> but that's all good. <laughs> I'm like, woo, take me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Tasha, Tasha will lay you out. Tasha will lay you yeah, out. Yeah, and, um, and, and um, oh, what's his name? Travis Green. Um, yeah. Oh, man, what's that song? There's that, there's that um, Made Away. Oh, my gosh. That, <laughs> I that. used to play that all the time. I used to play that all the time. Him, 
him uh like I said I like Ty Tribbett. Yeah. Like I don't know if you you listen to Molly music. I used to watch, listen. To I do, I do. I listen to Molly music. There, there's there's another one. I'm gonna find it right now because so what I've got on my on my Spotify, um, I created a playlist. So again, this is something that I do. I've got a playlist that's called Quiet Time, uh-huh. and and these are songs that I like to listen to while I pray mm-hmm. because there are some songs. There's some worship songs that while you're listening to them, they put you in a place that allows the Holy Spirit to really move in you. Uh And just, they just, they activate something. And you you find another gear in your prayer. Um, So I create a playlist of the songs that that tend to to do that for me. Uh And while I'm, um, they might be songs that I listen to sometimes when I'm driving. And another thing, if I'm on a long drive, I spend time with God. I pray. Because it's rare that I get those moments of alone time. Mm -hmm. So whenever I get them, I use them as as opportunities to, um, uh, to, to just connect with God. So, yeah, that's another thing. So this guy, um, uh, Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Ooh, ooh. Uh, there's a song "Trust in You." Uh huh. Mm, that song is fire. See, I got, I got a mix of like, cause I see, I just created me another one on. So YouTube music is great. Uh, I love it. A lot of people, you know, they go on Spotify and all that kind of stuff, but. You can do a lot with uh, YouTube music, and they give you a lot of good suggestions. But I put so I had like Molly music on there, Kurt Franklin. I got some old school stuff. I don't know if you 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 know about the Ken Spirituals and all them like that. I do, I do. So yeah. Oh, don't don't try me. You, you you know you in a different country. I don't know what you know what we're going. Oh uh, no! I always tell people I was born on the wrong continent. <laughs> I was born on the wrong continent. I was supposed to be born over over in the states because I'm always about what you guys got over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I came across this song and I I've heard of him. I just haven't really got into a lot of his CDs. But Zacardi Cortez. Okay, no, I haven't heard of him. He got a song with uh Keith Wonderboy Johnson called He Laid His Hands on Me. I'm just I'm telling you. I'm just telling you now. I was like, y'all singing to me. Y'all, y'all singing to me. Now. See, if see for you to do that, because so funny thing is I started off as a singer, then I went, then I became a rapper. Mm-hmm. So I know when you, when you as a singer, because you're a singer, so when mm-hmm. when I see you shaking shaking your head. That means I know they're doing something on that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're doing they're doing some singing. They, like him. Oh, but my favorite, my favorite, favorite gospel artist now is Tim Rogers. Tim Rogers and the fellas. If you like good quartet music, yeah. Just okay. So this, if you're not familiar with Tim Rogers, now you got me on music. I can go all day on. This. <laughs> but, so, but you need to hear him do angels. Right, it's YouTube. Tim Rogers, Angels. There's a lot of different versions because you can get the CD version, but it's a live version he does. Um, see, see, you go. You speaking my language right there. I like the live versions. Mm. 
I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you now. I'm, I'm just. I'm, when, I'm when I was 16 or maybe a bit younger, no, six, 17, 17, mm-hmm. I saw Hezekiah Walker live and he did uh, God of a Second Chance. Man, that was that was that was something else. Mm-mm. I got to see Kurt Franklin when he was with the family. They came to Jackson State. That's when they had silver and gold until we meet again. Yeah, all, yeah. All of that, I heard. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna trump you here. <laughs> so I met Kirk. Oh, really? And then I got to open up for him. Oh, that's cool. So I got to, I got to open up for him um, when he came to do. So my my church at the time used to do this thing called Holy Ghost Night, mm-hmm. and they booked Kirk to to perform. And and they 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 pulled me out. They were like, "Oh, Kirk, this is our little Kirk." <laughs> so, so he was like, "Oh, okay, okay." And, he, and we we spoke for a little bit, and then um, and then. He a, a couple the day later a day later I got to do, I went on stage I did my thing and then and then he came on and I got to see him and the family live. I know exactly what you're talking about. That experience. Woo! It's some. It's some. It's some. Now I did the other person that I did get to see live that came to Jackson. Tamla Man. Right. I, she would just just lay you out. She just would just lay you. If you think she can sing just from her CDs, uh, yeah, live. See, see, that's me. I I love me some good live gospel music. Can't beat it. Can't beat. Every I think so. I'm okay with like albums and stuff, and that that goes for that goes for R and B. Um, hip hop, whatever it is, I'm okay. But give me a live show anytime. If you can, if you can perform live, then you, you, I'm a fan forever. Because a live performance is something else. It, the energy required to do a live performance for anyone that's been an artist, for anyone that's been in a singer or a rapper or whatever, you know what it takes to keep a crowd engaged in a live performance. Mm-hmm. And when you're a singer, you got to find some new gears when you go out there and sing live. Mm-hmm. Because you ain't got no set, you ain't got no time to punch in and, uh, and make those corrections like you do in the studio. You got to do all those riffs live. You got to do all those melodies. You got to do everything. All, all, mm-hmm. If you can sing live, I'm here for that. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm gonna say this then we'll we'll get ready to wrap up because we'll keep going about the music stuff. <laughs> so we used to go and like I said, you know, Harvey Watkins, he'll he'll say it a lot with uh with the Ken Spears about them performing on the uh on the square in Ken. So we used to go every fourth of July. They used to be the closing act of the fourth of July celebration. And when I tell you the can spirit just lie. You think they were like an RB group? I'm talking right. about musicians. Uh, just 
Yeah. Everybody just be out there in like little lawn chairs. It's hot because it's in Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right yeah. on the on the green. They got food so you can eat. But they used to they used to close it out every year. We used to go go watch them, and that was that was some that was some stuff. They yeah. See, so what we say is, there are a lot of things you can do to get yourself into the posture for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to, you just got to find what works for you. But the correct, the the, the correct posture is a post, as we said, a posture to receive, and that's going to God in a submissive way, ready to say, God, you are in control, and I want to receive from you a posture of tr- uh, transition so the surgery can take place and the change can happen. And then a posture of, re- of rest, a posture of recovery so that the, the transition can be complete. And um, once you learn to put that into practice, once you learn to work those things out on a, on a constant basis, you will start to see a change. You will start to see a shift. That's not to say that the shift will be immediate. That's not to say that that, that you will not have lapses where you want to rush out and do something. But once you feel that pain, you will know to get when when you are out of alignment. It's just like when when you bend over too quickly and you put your back out, that pain will remind you that you need to get your back straight and you need to pick things up properly and get back into alignment. Same thing will happen when you get out of posture with God. So just remember the three stages, remember the posture for each stage and put yourself in that posture. And that's, that's where we're going to leave it. So um, we're going to wrap this up the same way we always do. Um, but before we do that, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my socials. Actually, I always go first. I'm gonna let Terrence give you his socials and then I I'll, I'll give you my socials. Okay. Um Facebook, iProgress CC, uh email, uh info at iprogresscc.com, website, uh www.iprogress.cc. Um you can catch us on Facebook live every every Monday and Thursday at 12 noon Central Standard Time. Uh, we had a meeting earlier today, so we may be, well, not may, we are going to be shifting, not necessarily the format, but the title of maybe the Monday one. So it might evolve into the barbershop. Oh, okay. Uh, so we got some other stuff in the works for that. Uh, and you can catch us on YouTube, uh, our progress, you had to look for the logo. They got the eye. It's another eye progress, but that's not us. There's one with the eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, hopefully, maybe the next, in about two episodes, I'll be able to say when we'll be launching our Life Labs. Uh, we are finalizing that. So you will be able to have access on that. It'll be on on Zoom, Zoom has a live experience platform now that we have gotten access to and we can host things on. And we're about to bring a lot of stuff there. Uh, so if you like stuff like this, the topics that we talk about, if you like our Facebook lives with our progress, 
and be an extension to that and it'd be a lot more excavation type things uh and a lot of relationship things and if you want to get your vision together and you got some ideas and need somebody to walk you through that we'll have some things for that too so that's that's all of our progress yeah cool and uh as we say we like to cross promote so you know we would always uh, you know I posted an, I posted a blog on today, so and then nobody get excited. It was just because I realized that one that I'd written and was on my old blog site wasn't on the new one, so I just posted it on the new one. But I posted it I posted it because of the podcast I listened to and it reminded me about oh man I remember when I talked about the marriage bed and I wanted to post it because there was some really good stuff that I said in that so I I, re, I finally went and reposted that today so that so guess what there's a live post today woo <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but um, yeah as we start to as I start to find my rhythm with this that you know there's going to be more cross promotion happening um uh, I feel like I'm finding a rhythm now, so we want to make sure that we're promoting I progress. Like I said, I'm in, I'm in every single live. Um, coming. <laughs> so I, I like to get involved. Um, yeah. there, uh, I will say that if there there are rare occasions where I can't make it, but if I don't get there, I'm, 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 I'm messaging Terrence like, yo, what happened in the live? Mm-hmm. Because, because the conversations are transformational. You hear things. Um, there's so many things I said today that relate back to um, conversations that happened on Monday. It's, you know, there is always stuff in, in, in the I Progress lives that will impact your life. So please check them out. I really, really want you to support iProgress. There was so much good stuff that they, they're, they're doing over there. Um, and then, um, so for me, my socials are DY Daily on Twitter, at DY Daily on Instagram, uh, the Daily, pers- uh, da- sorry, at Daily Perspective on Facebook, or you can just connect with me, David Daily on, um, on Facebook. Um, and you can also find us on YouTube, The Daily Perspective. You can go to www.dailyperspective.co.uk for all the blog posts. Um, as we said, there are gonna be some posts coming on Medium. I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna be posting on there. Um, and yeah, those are, the, those are the, the ways you can connect with us. Uh, please do reach out, connect, uh, like, subscribe, and comment, comment. One of the things that we really want you to do is comment on the videos. Um, it's a good way to talk to us. We will respond to every single comment. Uh, this ain't one of those things where you comment and then we're just like, ah, we ain't gonna say nothing. No, if you comment, you will get a response back. So please comment on the videos. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, you know, all feedback is good feedback as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's it for, for social. So we're gonna close this out the way that we always do and remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all, 
Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that said, this is Mr. Daly signing off. Dr. Johnson. And we will catch you on the next episode. God bless.